This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We will be joined in just a minute by Dwayne Long for his usual Tuesday spot. First, some house cleaning. If you have not given this podcast a five-star review on iTunes, we're going to need you to go ahead and do that. Leave a comment or a question on there, but definitely give us a five-star review. It helps us with the higher-ups. Also, Spotify users, you are one click away from being a subscriber. One of the easier platforms to use when listening to the BM5. Please go ahead and do that. That helps us as well. Also, I'd like to direct Bucknutters to a story on the front page right now about class of 2022 quarterback Quinn Ewers out of Texas. His is a name you're going to need to know. And Steve Wolfong, the author of said story, will be our guest on Thursday. So we look forward to doing a deep dive on Ohio State's big-time quarterback target. Dwayne, how goes it? Oh, it's absolutely beautiful out. Uh, for we had better part of a week where it didn't get under 90. Uh, but now we, we settled into a beautiful pattern the last few days. So a beautiful sunshine, no rain, and, and the temperatures aren't that bad. So uh, very nice around here. Mr. Bucknuts used to say if the weather was like this in Dayton all the time, there'd be 2 million people living here. This just in, there are not 2 million people living here. We asked the front row for some questions, and it performed wonderfully, so we're not going to waste any more time. Dwayne, question number one deals with an article by Pete Thamel of Yahoo. There were several questions that pertain to it, so we're going to tackle it all at once here. Thamel's article basically claims that the pessimism for the season going off in the fall has reached the point where it's fatalism. He quotes several sources saying that they don't believe there's going to be a season. He laid out four possibilities of what he thinks is going to happen, which one, the status quo, which is where the SEC, Big 12, and ACC are, conference play with the ability to delay, that's the Big 10 and Pac-12, the spring, and cancel. So that's four things. Here's what I would say. As long as the Big 10 and the SEC are in the conference play or status quo level, I believe they're going to play. I don't think they're going to cancel the season. I think they're going to give their best shot to go after it. I do get the fatalism. Uh, it's hard to sit back and hear all the media reports of people testing positive. But in the long run, I just don't think it's going to be enough to keep them from giving it a shot. Dwayne, the floor is yours. That's what I agree with, Dan. They, I think that there are some that absolutely want to uh, uh, cancel the season. But I think the majority are saying – you know, we got to do this. This is going to get – do you realize how crazy this is going to get if they even put off the season? The chaos it's going to have with with recruits incoming and players that, that should be leaving, some might, some – you know, we don't know. We, we can't really uh, – we can't really say what's going to happen there. 
it is going to be chaos if they try to push this off. You look at the NFL, and, and I'm going to answer another question while I'm, while, uh, I'm talking about this. The, the NFL is – they're gone. The NFL is going ahead. They're already making plans. They're already changing seating arrangements. The NFL is going to happen. They are going to play football, uh, and, and it goes back to the money. And I believe that that's where the networks are going to step in and tell the colleges, look, we got a deal. Now, you can be scared and upset and, and worried, and, but you got to try to make this happen. And as you said, I think the key word is, the key term is they're going to try to make it happen. And in trying to make it happen, they're going to get it done. Because if there's a thing where they say, okay, wait a minute, this is not really working. What are we going to do? Well, I think they continue to play. I think they get in at least six games. I think eight is definitely a possibility. Uh, and, and that right there covers the season because they've already canceled the non-conference season. Uh, I, one thing that I just cannot wrap my mind around is Gene Smith saying, well, they gave them, uh, they canceled them to give them more flexibility. What? You're going to move the, the, the games backward? You're going to move them into September after you canceled stuff because of this? That makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. So I think that, the, that they're going to they're gonna try to get them in. They're going to see once they start, I don't think they're going to stop until they get the eight games in. So uh, after, I don't know about this thing, after uh, going into spring, like Thamel talks about, um, you know, six before the, the Christmas, Thanksgiving in there, and then six, I don't think that's going to happen. Because for one thing, how you're canceling it into the worst part of winter here in the north and the uh, north, northeast, midwest, is uh, January and February are... Uh, or when we see the worst weather, when it's really cold and you're going to get the worst snow. So I just don't see that. And what, you're not going to start up again till March? The spring practices in April? No, you're, you're, you're pushing into the 2020-21 uh, season. Excuse me. So, no, I don't see that one happening. I think they're going to try to get it in. And by the time they decide what they're going to do about it, they're going to have eight games in. Pete Thamel is an accomplished journalist, and the story was well-written, but it did seem to me that he quoted the guys he wanted to. I wonder if I could go out and find five people lined up on the other side and write a really convincing article that they are going to play, regardless of how I feel about it. OHST23 did a great job asking questions here. It is well-documented that the large number of college starts for a quarterback, the more likely they are successful. The number is actually 30. If you get more than 30 starts and have a completion percentage over 60%, you tend to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Certainly Fields is oozing talent and will be an early first-round pick regardless, but there is a chance to dream that he comes back if the season is a wash. What happens if the NFL cancels as well till they even have a draft? All right, first question, and this is very easy. If there is no season, you're never going to see Justin Fields play again for Ohio State. There are going to be more questions in the thread here about should he come back, NFL development, and number of starts like you mentioned, and he doesn't have many. It's not going to be a determining factor. This, this argument came up also for Dwayne Haskins when he was coming out. You prefer the guy to have 30 starts, yes, but Justin will still get picked uh, one, two, or three, I would assume. 
And I do not believe he or anyone else who's eligible for the draft with a good chance of getting drafted will come back. Dwayne, your vibe on that. Yeah, it's, it's the guys that really were going to go anyway, whether they were seniors or eligible juniors. Yeah, they're, they're gone. They're, they're, there's just who would, would you advise your son to, to stick around for another year? And who, you know, you're, you're just not going to do that. You're not going to tell your kid, you got to get on with it. You know, you got to, uh, you know, do a lot of study. You know, you need to go out and throw the ball around with your friends or whatever, but you got to, you cannot stay another year, another full year, you, you know, a, a year off. No, you, you got to go. So I just don't think there, there is a slight chance because you have to look at the Sean Wade situation. He was, likely, uh, uh, you know, who knows where he was going to go. He was going to go in the first round. We know that. How high up, that's what he's coming back for, get a little bit more experience. That kid's not coming back now. There's no way he's going to return for another year. But, I mean, you do have that possibility. The kid says, I think I need a little more seasoning. So, we'll say, I won't say 100% that Justin – uh, Justin Fields is going to the NFL, but I'm saying it's 95, 98% that he's going to go ahead and go if, uh, if that the season is knocked out, you know, so uh, don't get your hopes up on that one by any stretch of the imagination. The bigger variable will be guys like Tyreek Smith, guys who have yet to really blossom, but uh, have a ton of pro potential and will be eligible, but that's something we'll keep an eye on. Spin Doctor has a number of good questions here, Dwayne. I'm going to let you tackle them one by one. With the lack of standard conditioning and the weird hopscotch of activities and scheduling, plus a very uncertain season, Dwayne, in your opinion, how will these issues affect the following? One, Ohio State's student athletes and their preparations physically and mentally. I think it's when they know for sure they're playing, I think they're going to be wired for sound they're going to be ready because they've been all this doom and gloom didn't get a spring in you know they, they just this got crazy on them and these kids want to play beyond the ones that are thinking about the nfl these kids love to play football they want to play and if they get the they get the the high sign that it's going to happen i think you're going to see them uh just ready to go Mentally and physically, it's going to depend on what they have access to. Are they going to cut them off from the whack? Are they going to keep them out of there and, and you know, limit their ability to, to do all the things they want to do to prepare? That's, that's the wild card. We don't know what's going to happen with that. How would you compare Ohio State's ability to absorb this challenge versus that of other programs? Well, I mean, you've got to look at the, the, the money. The, the Big Ten teams in general – uh, are just they're they're in a better financial state than probably all the rest of college football put together. So they're going to be able to absorb it a little better. Uh, there there are some programs that are just going to be it's going to hurt. They're going to have to find some way to 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 cover expenses on a whole nother level. It's going to hurt. So and that goes back to the. Uh, uh, to the thing about having the games. What if I don't? I don't know if all the money's been been uh, paid yet from the uh, TV contract to the schools, or is it you know uh, 
yearly, quarterly, or something. But the the uh, if that has not happened, if the NCAA and the NCAA schools do not have the money in their pockets right now, the one thing the networks can do is say, okay, you're breaking a contract. We're not having football. You're not seeing any money. That's another thing to consider. How much money is 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 uh, is still out there that uh, that the schools need? And then, as we're talking about here, this is going to get more expensive. Trying to work around all this. So I I believe that in the end, you got everybody that wants to play against the people who are saying, "Let's just cancel the season." Well, I don't know if the people who want to cancel the season are thinking about it from a football and money perspective. They can't be. So uh, I, I think it, it could uh, – it's going to get interesting here, Dan, and it's going to happen very shortly. They're going to have to make decisions. We're, we're in the middle of July. You've got to give people time to get into camp and, and get prepared. And, and that'll tell them something. Once guys are really back on campus and doing things like they're used to doing them every year, let's see what happens. I mean, I, I saw something where uh, was that the NBA tested 1,300, over 1,300 players, and 1.8% came back COVID positive. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Clemson did their own testing, and they had 23 players and test positive, and in, in less than two weeks, they were down to two. This is going to get really interesting, and it's going to get interesting fast. But I do think we're going to have a season. I will handle the second part of this question here. If the upcoming season is canceled, please provide some insight on the effect on the entire athletic program, coaches furloughed, programs canceled, and on the university itself. Okay, this will be a case-by-case basis, obviously, and I would caution against everyone doing an A plus B equals C on this. For example, Stanford just cut 11 sports, and Stanford's endowment is like $20 billion, so they didn't have to cut the sports. They chose to do that. Ohio State will be in a similar situation short term. They are not living paycheck to paycheck, so if it's just one season, I don't think there will be a drastic effect in terms of furloughs or other programs canceled, et cetera. If it extends beyond that, if we lose the fall and the winter, et cetera, obviously I think there could be some increased changes. But the beauty of being at a place like Ohio State is they are financially in a position where they can make their own decisions for some time. If they choose to cut stuff going forward or furlough people and stuff, they're just doing it to save money. It's not being done with some kind of financial duress. We're going to take a quick break, be back, and tackle some more of these questions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Holy cow, a football question. BBB 5958. With a year under the belt of Al Washington, 
Do we expect to see some market improvement in the linebacker play this year? Last year's defense could not have improved any more than it did from the season before. That said, it was still clear in the Clemson game that the linebackers were the spot to attack. This year, that looks to be the deepest part of the defense. Should we expect better overall play, Dwayne? I'm not, I'm not convinced, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, <laughs> as long as Tough Borland is on the field, especially in the starting role, I don't know how this linebacker unit can, can, can be any better with him on the football field. But then again, I don't know how much better they are with Baron Browning on the football field. I mean, Taraja Mitchell, give him a shot. Let's try somebody in there who can both uh, read and, and, and run to the ball and who, uh, who knows what he's doing out there. Baron Browning wanders around out there. That is one of the most gifted athletes. i tell you who he reminds me of, Etienne Sabino. Etienne Sabino was the best linebacker to come in the Ohio State program since Andy Katzenmoyer, and he was just, you know, you're like, what is going on? Why, why are you not making plays? He was just incredible in, in high school, and so is Baron Browning. Browning doesn't even know where he's supposed to be most of the time. And, you know, the, you say, well, that's why Borland's in there. I said, Borland may know where he's supposed to be there, but he can't get there. He's just not physically a, a, a big-time linebacker. So we still got him, and we lost our best linebacker, Malik Harrison. So, uh, I mean, where did, where did he go? Third round in the NFL draft or was it fourth? Well, anyway, he's, he just recently signed his rookie contract, so the best guy on the unit is gone. Pete Warner's an awfully good linebacker, gets overlooked. Uh, he's being asked to do something. He's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's frequently lined up on tight ends. And we saw what happened in the Penn State game with that elite kid they got over there when uh, Warner's lined up against a really super talented uh, big kid. And it was not good. But, I mean, he was there. It was all a physical thing. He was in coverage. I can't remember one time where he was just flat out beating that game. He was he was on the spot. He's just a bigger, more athletic guy. Uh, but but that kid right there, he's got to be on the field. Uh, the other two, we you know we're obviously seeing a change with Harrison gone. Uh, I thought Hilliard played awfully well when he was in there last year. Um, so that's a possibility. But we got some younger guys. That's where I'm getting to. If we let the younger guys on the field, I think we're going to be so much better off. Uh, you got to get Borland out of there. I think you got to get Browning out of there. It's time to put him at defensive end or or, or uh, mothballing. He's just not getting it done either. We can we let's get some of these younger guys in there. I think Pope is has he has that uh, that thing that we saw with um, with Joey Bosa or excuse me with Nick Bosa and uh, we've seen it with Togiai that when they're on the field they have an impact. Their number of participations versus the number of plays are very high. They're really making something happen on the field. That's the same thing with Pope. If you look back on the games last year, and since we don't have any football, you might as well watch Pope when he's on the field and just he's around the ball, he's making plays, he's got to get out there. So uh, let's get Taraja Mitchell out there. I mean, we, let's get these younger guys on the football field. Going to need them next year anyway. 
get them that experience now. So we don't have this drop off like we had. Who thought the tough Borland and Pete Warner were going to be three-year starters? Nobody. Malik Harrison didn't even play linebacker in, in high school. Didn't play a lot of defense. He's an NFL draft pick now. These guys came out of nowhere. We need to go ahead with our younger guys so we're ready for 2021 uh, and, and not be going, who's, who's going to be in there? Who's going to do what? No, we need to get these guys on the field now. I think we'll be a better unit with them this year and we'll be even more prepared next year. Jay Romy, 26, I will handle this one. Do you think Georgia has a chance of passing Ohio State in the recruiting rankings? They are the favorite for at least five stars and some very high four stars. Ohio State's lead is large, and they lead for Emeka Abuka and JT Tumolo. That will give them five of the top ten overall players, and it will make their lead insurmountable. I do not think Georgia will get all the guys they are favored to get, and I do not think Georgia will pass them. Chip Munn, with a run on the Thamel article, talks about the idea of a schedule where you play six games in October and November, indoor practice, then games February 4th, league games in March, something in April. I, I don't think that's going to happen. However, if they did do a schedule like that, which they call a binary schedule, meaning some in the fall, some in the spring, winter, Dwayne, Chip wants to know, do you think their marquee guys, Justin Fields, Sean Wade, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis, do you think they would do the binary season or do you think they would head for the NFL? Well, I don't – it depends on when the binary season is going to happen. I, I think that it's very possible that they would just go ahead and say, you know, these, these last couple of games aren't going to mean a great deal because I don't think we're getting past eight anyway. If we get – we I'd love to still see a playoff. But, uh, you know, that, that's the thing you got to think about. Adding that on to the end uh, pushes into the NFL draft. I think that we may see something where these guys are actually draft eligible, but they finish out their college careers. And, and those guys are going to want to. They're going to want to play for a championship, and they're going to want to get the seasoning that comes with those more games. 30 and 60%. Those are the those are number of starts, 30 Number of percentage of uh, pass completions, 60% or better. I think Fields wants to do that. I think he realizes that the number of games matters and he wants as many as he can. But so I think they, they all stick around for that. I mean, they got a shot at a national championship, but they will be draft eligible. They can go ahead and say draft eligible and stay in and, and finish out the season. Joe asked the last two questions. The first one was about Justin Fields. Like I said, if there is no season, you will never see Justin Fields play football for Ohio State again. If the season is canceled, should all incoming freshmen get an automatic red shirt? How about upperclassmen who don't want to lose their final year or two of eligibility? Dwayne, your thoughts? Well, uh, the freshmen won't need an uh, extra year because they're not coming in until next year anyway. Or if they're talking about the current freshman, absolutely they should get a red shirt. I mean, why are you going to make the players suffer for this? It makes absolutely no sense. There's, there's no reason for this. They should not be freshmen until 2021 if you're going to cancel the season. Uh, and, the, and the guys that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've exhausted their eligibility, I don't know if you can uh, – bring them back. I mean, I, I've thought about this. 
can you give them another year? Uh, that's going to be that's going to be tough. I think they should. I don't think they will. And and here's why I think they should. There are some guys. Justin Fields is a first round draft pick, probably one of the top two or three to go. Uh, we know Wyatt Davis is going to be one of those uh, rare guards that goes to the in the first round. He's a beast. I think Josh Myers is likely to to be a first round guy. Uh, I just don't see wh- why he wouldn't be. You know, you got those guys, and then you got you mentioned him earlier, Tyreek Smith. Tyreek Smith still needs another year. He's the you know, and even like uh, Browning and those guys who would be seniors this year. Uh, if they were uh, good enough to go to the NFL, they would have. They would have already announced. They would. They would be in the in the draft. They would have already been drafted. They are not. They need another year. So I would hate to see it, but I just got a gut feeling that those the seniors are just uh, good luck to you. You know, I, I just think that's going to be the end. These were some great questions. Definitely appreciate it. Please go to iTunes and give us a five star review. Please subscribe if you're on Spotify. I will be back on Thursday with Steve Wolfong. Get ready for a deep dive on Texas prep quarterback Quinn Ewers. Have a good one, Bucknutters.